Idaho minimum wage. It's going up. Going up. Is that good news? John Roberts joins the liberals. Chief Justice. Huh? John Roberts. Hmm. And are, are you woke? Are you woke? I'm not woke. Oh, he's not woke. <laughs> he's not woke. Cooper, are you woke? We got George Grant in the studio. Huh? <laughs> How about it? How about it? Hey, y'all. Thank you for joining us on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Woo! You can email us did you just at fightlabfeast.com. Did you just move? I did. 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 I I'm so excited. This is our second show we recorded. Do you think this is a J.D. Greer worship service? All right. Water boy, Chuck Knox, Pastor Toby. We're just a bunch of rowdy Presbyterians having a good time. That whoop. The Lordship of Jesus over every area of our lives, including Middle America, Muddle America. I messed it up. It's Muddle America. I did. I did. Thank you for joining us. If you guys want to email us. Are you done? Contact us at gmail. Uh, crosspolitik at gmail. Mm, you want to try that again? There we go. No, I just did it. Uh, okay. I did. You, you can know. have a mulligan. There's a there's a lot of people in here, and I'm distracted. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, have, we, have, we have a few we, guests. We got some. We got some guests from yeah. Seattle yeah. out there. Hey, yeah. thank fleet. you guys. We, we have a you, studio audience today. Yeah. Three. Wow. From what I understand, <laughs> Seattle vomited them out, and so they just ended up in Moscow. Yeah, they're like, right? uh, and they're like, they're like, help, right? Yeah, please. Sneak them back in. All right, guys. So Idaho's minimum wage. Okay. It's going up. And someone deleted my notes. Who deleted my notes in here? <laughs> someone literally deleted my notes. No, no, but, no. Um, there's two representatives, Democrat representatives. So we actually have Democrats running in Idaho. And they actually. Couple and of they couple them. And right now, Idaho minimum wage is at 725. And they want to bump it up to eight. I think it's 835 this year. And 825. Then 825. And then in the following years, they want to eventually get up to $12 an, an hour. That's right. And and so they're trying to be like Seattle. So, yeah. yeah. Thanks, guys. Well, right now, Seattle's what? We blame you. Yeah. Seattle's moving up to $15 an hour. Uh, I think there was one proposal in New York that was like shooting for like $30 an hour. Wow. Yeah, because unemployment's not high enough. (laughs) Oh. Explain that. Explain that for us, George. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Wait, wait. wait, No, but isn't isn't this for the poor people? Yeah. No. What? what? Because if the job isn't, um, if if it doesn't warrant that high of a wage, yeah, then they'll just automate it. They'll have right because basically, if you can't bring revenue, if you work for an employer, your job is to bring them money. Did you just interrupt the good doctor, Reverend? I I did. No, but it's he's right. Mm. Thank you, George. He said I'm right. The point (laughs) is, is that. these are not people that understand economics or how to run a business or, or math. what businesses are for or math. Basic math. There you right. go. I mean, we're, I mean, we're really talking about like second grade math here. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. you can't command there to be more money. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, well, that, and the worst of it is, is it closes creature. off the bottom end of the employment right. world. Mm-hmm. So mm. people who don't have experience and don't are just at the entry level in the economy. workers. Yeah. And particularly teenagers, uh, p- people yeah. who come from uh, an environment where they don't have opportunities, this just yeah. slams the door on them. Right. You, you well, actually, like, there's not more money, and so that means there have to be less jobs. I mean, just do basic math. If they have to pay a certain amount per hour, yeah. then that means that they're going to have less money to have less employees. You know, also, too, this is coming from... Um, I guess in, in Idaho, it's kind of come from the conservatives, too. But I guess we have liberals who are pushing for this as well. But one of the things that if you go back in history, one of the things that hurt black people the most mm-hmm. was the minimum mm-hmm. wage laws. They were implemented uh, and, and fought for a lot stronger because 
you had this minority group of black men coming to the north who were working hmm. and doing jobs for a lot less, so getting more work and causing havoc for some of the white northerners. Wait, wait. So are you saying that minimum <laughs> wage laws were invented? To in, oh, absolutely. Because because they were saying that like the black people were coming up from the south and they were getting jobs that white people wanted. They were taking their jobs, and so what happens is when you have somebody who worked for less, yeah. Then if you are a racist, you don't care what color they are. You get to make more money because your real color is green. Yeah, right. Right. You're welcome. So, but if I have to pay you the same price I'll pay my stupid nephew, Mm. well, then I'm going to pay my stupid nephew to do the job. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not going to hire you because the threshold is higher. Exactly. At that point, the bottom end of the economy loses. That's right. It seems like it's inevitable as well to get, um, you actually get less quality work when you've already established. This is how much your hours worth, regardless of it, how, it, how much your output it, it, is. It's like yeah. telling students yeah. that everybody is going to get, uh, uh, you know, a B as long as nobody gets an F. Yeah. So what, what does that mean? Does everybody work hard to get the B? No, everybody just hovers right around a D minus because they're going to get because they're going to get a B. <laughs> they're going to get a B yeah, anyways. Right. They're going to get the story of his academic <laughs> career. <laughs> Message. Hey, hey. <laughs> Message. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I also, too, you know, it, it really hurts companies because they can't hire more people as well. Mm-hmm. So if I have the ability to hire six people or one person, if I have that $15 of work with, I might be able to hire three people who don't have any skills whatsoever in the field that we're working in. Right. And then teach them. And then as they make me more money, guess what I get to do? Give them a raise. I get to pay them because they become valuable to me in a way that they weren't when they started. Mm. And so mm. what happens is the federal government and governments don't understand the free market. Mm-hmm. To, they don't know the individual things that are going on in my company and what right. I actually they need. They don't need what you need. They don't so know what to, you need. To tell me that I need to pay somebody $20 an hour to open envelopes is stupid. Yeah. I, I don't need to pay. Right. I don't. I can, you know, yeah. if that's, well, that's the case, the, that's well, the, hire always anybody. Is stupid, but it is tyrannical. It is. I mean, Absolutely. They're, they're, they're saying that people are not free to exchange what they want to exchange. If you, if you want to do it for $2, why right. can't you do it for $2? Yeah, right. The extreme picture of this, of course, is Venezuela. Mm-hmm. Venezuela mm. with high yeah. minimum wages and yeah. you know government controlled everything. Everything yeah. is regulated. Yeah. As a result, there's no incentive. Right. There's no, yep. no real free market any longer, and the whole economy collapses. This is why we got it. We just got to get our economics from the Bible. You, know, you, got, you got Matthew chapter 20. Where you have the landowner who goes and negotiates wages yeah. from the people who come and work for him early in the morning all the way to those who come and work for him at four o'clock yeah. in the last hour. And he, he negotiated. He's not compelled. He's not compelled. He yeah. negotiated a wage for each employee right. that came and worked for him. Right. And it was a fair negotiation. And they all, all parties agreed to it. And then some parties complained later. Right. But we get our definition of economics from the scriptures. Did you guys see um, this last week? Uh, Chief Justice Roberts cited with the um, liberals on the on the Supreme Court against uh, to to block an enforcement of Louisiana's um, admitting privileges law. What was this so for? So for abortion? This is for abortion. Abortions. Oh. So, no, Louisiana. Uh, okay. Louisiana. We, we is were just pretty, talking about yeah, this. We were. Yeah. Right. Um, so I think it's Katrina Jackson. She's a Democrat who is actually very, very pro-life in District 16 out there. We, we okay. want to get her on the and show, she, Yeah, actually. we do. Really? She, she yeah. said, She's great. A yeah, pro-life she, Democrat. I, I want to yeah. ask you about her later. Um, I, I want to ask I you how you... explain the law first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to say that okay. she said yeah. that the fact that Louisiana is probably the p- most, yeah. most pro-life state in our union, and uh-huh. she's claiming that right now. So uh-huh. I just okay. want to say, yeah. So what was proposed, Louisiana is proposing this law that was going to require 
uh, doctors performing abortions to have active admitting privileges to the local hospital, to the hospital right. locally. Okay. So that that's all the law was trying to push for. Apparently in Texas, Texas tried to do this, I think, two years ago. And the Supreme Court shot struck it, down, it down, struck it down, struck it down. And this was when uh, was it Kennedy who died? So that so the uh, the Supreme Court wasn't um, even, anyways. But it got struck Scalia. down. Or Scalia. Scalia, 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 not Kennedy. Kennedy retired. Scalia passed away. Um, and and so the Supreme Court wasn't even, anyways. But anyways, it got struck down in Texas, a similar law. But they're saying that there's some uniqueness to this Louisiana law. So are they arguing though that these things are? Uh, Limiting access to abortions and therefore yes. uh, mm-hmm. against Roe versus Wade is it's that the argument? Artificial, they're saying that it's creating artificial barriers that don't matter, and that's only causing it harder for women to get. So abortion. safety for the woman, access to a hospital, <laughs> right. somehow mm-hmm. that's Inhibiting. discriminatory yeah. for women. And, and Roberts joined. He joined really? the progressives to decide. Basically, they they granted an emergency stay. So they're saying Louisiana can't enforce this right now. So they haven't actually decided right. on the merits of That's the right. case. Oh, right. He's they, just, he sided with the liberals on the state. On the on state. state. You guys can't. But, yeah, but go, the real go. trouble um, is that Kavanaugh, who sided with the conservatives, mm-hmm. he he actually sided with them on really narrow mm-hmm. legal grounds. Really? And it was so skimpy mm-hmm. that it really portends. Yeah. A, a, a lot of trouble for the pro-life cause yeah. going forward. Yeah, right. I, I love what you're doing over there right now with the yeah, cross-politic coffee you, you get at cross-politic.com. Yeah. Do, do, you trust, um, <laughs> do you trust Kavanaugh as a conservative? If, if, if things go to the Supreme Court for Roe v. Wade being overturned, do you trust um, that he actually, when he said that he wouldn't overturn Roe v. Wade, do you believe that? So from what you're mm. seeing right now? Mm. Uh, I, I actually do not trust Kavanaugh. Mm. Uh, I don't trust the sort of legal school that he comes from. It's a sort of strict constructionist based on precedent setting mm. court cases. So not principle. Ah. Precedent, precedent court court cases. So it's, so, it's, oh, so okay. he's a strict constructionist right. based on precedent. But he but That's he, he really weighs precedent a lot heavier, which oh, yeah. means means he's unlikely to overturn Certain Correct. rulings. See, Correct. I, I thought he was a constitutionalist, but he's he's actually a, a um, so he looks at these cases and say, well, let, we'll let that determine what is meant by the law versus the law actually being. A, that's exactly right. Interesting. Yeah. That's, that's helpful. Really, that's really helpful. And that yeah. is, that is a part of that whole Roman Catholic legal conservative worldview. You know, that's right. actually really interesting because Roman Catholics have this view that ultimately the the church is still de- developing. It's setting precedent. Yeah, I mean I mean the yeah. the pope can speak ex mm-hmm. cathedra and there can be further revelation right. and new oh, precedent. And sets. it's rooted yeah. in Thomism where yeah. a yeah. rational progression is the revelation of God's yes. purposes. Right. Therefore precedent really yeah. takes precedence over principle in the roman catholic view the apocrypha was actually added uh to the scriptures in the um the council of trent right in the 1600s right right or is that late 1500s but you know and, i mean that's and they're still adding to the bible wow um at that point but don't you can't say theology isn't important in politics you just right you yeah, can't, so you got, it, exactly here's roman catholic theology impacting our wow. justice system. Yeah. Right. Oh. Well, R- Roman Catholic theology is also impacting the social justice movement. We talked about this. Hold on, hold on. Are, are you, you I'm not ready. This? Okay. No, you know, don't turn well, the, I'm don't, looking at the clock. Don't too. turn the corner. <laughs> don't right. turn the corner. I'm yet. listening to Knox. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. 
I want, I want, George, you've been, you've been involved in the pro-life movement for many years. And I I think it would be actually, we've got since 1972. Wow. Before Roe v. Wade. Wow. Because the case, Roe v. Wade was was in Texas, in Dallas, Texas. Wow. Henry Wade was uh, our city attorney. And so I actually went to a rally in 1972, when I was in high school, wow, uh, with five other guys in a Volkswagen Bug, and that was the beginning of my my pro life involvement. I had, I had no idea. I had no That's idea. You just changed the dynamic of the show. <laughs> so, yeah. but, but this is why I, I knew you'd been involved in it a long time. So, can you just for? I mean, we have a lot of uh, active pro life people that we that listen and watch. It's one of the recurring themes on our show. Talk to us a little bit about what you've seen happen mm. over the years. I mean, so, yeah. you know, I remember when I was a kid, Operation Rescue. Yep. Uh, I remember my pastor announcing to us that he was going to go from Southern California to Atlanta yeah. for a big Operation Rescue rally. I was there. And he was planning to be arrested. Yep. And, I, and, and as a little kid, and your pastor tells you he's about to be, he's planning to be arrested. I like That still hits wow. me. Yeah. yeah. I had so much respect for him. How, still have so much respect for him. You have the Paul Hill shooting right. in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, who went to Reformed Theological Seminary. Yeah, ex- Paul Hill did, went to RTS. Yes. He was a PCA and OPC yeah. pastor wow. who was later defrocked and excommunicated and uh-huh. then ultimately was executed by the state of Florida for shooting an abortionist and his bodyguard. There's a guy in the Nashville Presbytery who was his roommate. Yeah. At RTS. So anyways, I've, you know, here's a few pieces. You know of a bunch of other pieces. What have you seen since 1972, and what is your assessment of the pro-life movement? Well, largely, the pro-life movement has been, as you've described it, uh, a series of spurts, starts, and stops. Mm. I think the, the one thing that has been consistent that is the most encouraging thing is the Crisis Pregnancy Center movement. Yes. Uh, where we literally have thousands of small ministries all across the U.S. and now around the world. Wow. Uh, where uh, you have ordinary people from communities meeting with their neighbors to help them in, in a time of crisis. Right. That's where the pro-life movement wow. has been strongest. Mm. Where the pro-life movement has been weakest is in politics. Yeah. Legislation, legislation, yeah. uh, a- activism and lobbying. It's it's just been one hmm. compromise mm-hmm. or one disaster after another. Right. Mm. Um, in the early years, I was an outlier because I was one of the few people that was not Roman Catholic that was actively engaged in wow. <clears throat> pro-life uh, yeah. activism. Uh, w- one of the very few yeah. people. But then along came Jerry Falwell. Uh, D. James Kennedy, R.C. Sproul, Mm -hmm. and they Mm. brought evangelicals into Into that movement. Now that's shocking. Wow. And then uh, came Randy Terry uh, and Mm. Operation Rescue, Mm. which then created a fracture over the question of courage. And uh, very quickly, the, the mainstream evangelicals backed away. And so they were not willing to join the Operation Rescue movement. Well, not just that. It was offensive and it was frightening yeah. and it was subversive and revolutionary. And all of those things are probably true. 
Uh, I, but I think my my view is that if uh, the church had had courage and our leaders had stepped in rather yep. than stepped back, had yep. led the way, yep. we would have been able to shape that. Yep. Help steer it, shape it. Also. If you have yep. good men leading the revolution, so to speak, then they can make distinctions about what's Well, it biblical. doesn't have to be a revolution. It can then, at that point, be a reformation. Right, right. Yeah, that's why I would put mm. quotes about that. But yeah, exactly. Yes. They, they would be the ones who would then tamper down things that are that are right. problematic in the revolutionary. Shape it theologically, yeah. yes. which is what some of us attempted to do. Um, and, you know, a flurry of books came out. I've written seven different pro-life books of, of wow. various kinds. Which you can find at georgegrant.net? Um, so, well, a, a good garage sale. A good garage sale. can find them. And you can yes. remember the table of contents of all seven, right? Well, I I know what they. I know what's in them. <laughs> um, and we've still got a lot of work to do. I'm I'm actually at work on my favorite of the books that I wrote was a history of the pro life movement from the first century to the present, hmm. huh. in which I essentially argued that the gospel. And the pro-life movement are the same thing. Hmm. Uh, the gospel is to set men free right. from the bonds of death. Uh, the gospel is to proclaim life to the darkest corners of our world. Uh, the gospel is to bring uh, life uh, to withering cultures. Yeah. And, uh, so, and to bring mu- meaning to humanity. To, which is... to bring human flourishing, right. to use mm-hmm. a, a, a great new mm-hmm. <laughs> Hipster kind phrase. Of, that's kind of a woke phrase. Hipster woke. Kind of woke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's, that's good. We, we, we can uh, we, we come back and hit him with the woke stuff. I, yeah, I right hit, after this. I'm also, you know, man, there's so much. You just I changed know. like I know. my. You just I the whole show right there. Skirt is really yeah. a good term for that because I'm like, what? Yeah. Um, I also want to ask, would you vote for Katrina Jackson? Don't answer yet, but you're going to get that answer Ooh. next. Wow. On cross politics with the good Reverend Doctor. Join the club. Bishop, <laughs> Pastor, George Grant. Pro-life. At the activist. break, join the Cross-Politic Fight, Laugh, Feast Club. <laughs> More Cross-Politic when we come back. At Logos Online School, we believe learning should be accessible. Homeschooling shouldn't stop you from staying connected. Enjoy classmates from across the United States and the whole world coming at you four days a week and 32 weeks a year. We believe learning should be engaging. A group of like-minded students who love God and their classmates. Learning should also be customized. With more than 50 different classes offered throughout the day, take one class or join us full-time. We believe learning should be inspired. Our knowledgeable instructors enthusiastically engage the students. The goal? Hearts that love learning. Lastly, learning should be affordable. Committed to making Christian education reasonable for all families. From $620 per class for an entire year, $2,232 per year for full-time students. The best option on the market. Join us at Logos Online School. If you need a little red meat in your diet, Pastor Doug Wilson. When the Constitution of the United States was adopted, the First Amendment addressed the issue of an established church at the federal level. But this did not address the Christendom question. It has been made to address it by means of revisionist history, but originally it had nothing whatever to do with it. The Constitution forbade a Church of the United States on federal grounds, not on secular grounds. The document was dated in the year of our Lord, 1789. And at the time it was adopted, nine out of the 13 states had established churches on the state level. 
There was no sense in which the non-establishment clause was violated by those states having official state religions. To enjoy more red meat of this kind, check out the podcast on iTunes or for more blogging of this particular nature, blog and may blog at dougwills.com. Kind of sticks in your teeth, don't it? If you are a homeschooler, we have an app for you. Check out Learnly.me. With Learnly, you can capture your family's learning experience anytime, anywhere, and it's all pushed into a digital portfolio that allows you to create classes, grade work, a family learning experience, and generate transcripts all with a single click, something you know all homeschoolers should be doing. And for cross-politic listeners, use discount code LEARNLYCROSS to get 50% off the first three months on a monthly subscription plan on top of 30 days free. So head on over to learnly.me forward slash crosspolitik. That's learnly.me forward slash crosspolitik. Don't do it. We have a guest in studio. Guest in studio. You guys want something to drink? I got him. I took care of him. Got him good stuff? They're woke. (laughs) Welcome back to Crosspolitik. On the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Mm. With us in the studio today is Dr. George Grant. The good doctor. Hey, Bishop, how you doing? A little southern barbecue sauce. You can find out more at georgegrant.net. George makes his home in Middle Tennessee near the historic town of Franklin with his wife and co-author, Karen, who I met for the very first time last night. Yeah, we had fun last night. Three grown children, six grandchildren. They baptized? They're baptized. Hey. Hey. You're all right. You're all right. You're all right. Uh, he holds pastoral responsibilities and regular classes in history, literature, theology, and the arts. He's an active writer. How many books have you written? Uh, 80. What? No. Did you ghostwrite for Mike Huckabee, too? I did. Oh, are you allowed to say that? He, he didn't ghostwrite anymore. Yeah, yeah, just, <laughs> my, my name is on the cover. Oh, okay, so. okay, okay. okay. Do, I, do I get sued? Now, no, no, Mike, no, 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 Mike, you can come on the show. He's right. got an active speaking schedule uh, in the country around the world. He has academic degrees in political science at the University of Houston, philosophy at Whitfield Theological Seminary, Ooh. humanities at Bellhaven, theology at Knox Bell Theological Haven. Seminary. I got recruited to play basketball at Bellhaven. Oh, back did in the day. you? Yeah. My son was recruited yeah, to no play way. basketball there. How he, about that? He went. No, Pete, my buddy Pete, played with your son at oh, Bellhaven. Yes. Uh, wow. Yeah, well, done. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Old home week. Uh, uh, and George is from Texas. Amen. Uh, hey, glory to God. There we go. <laughs> now, George, you have a brand new book out that you're giving away right now on your website. Yeah. Yeah. What is it, it called? It's called An Experiment in Liberty. And yeah. it's the story of how 13 colonies were able to stand up to the world's greatest military power that at a time when that power was building an empire around the world mm-hmm. and gained their independence. Wow. You're talking about America. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's the story of the war for independence, yeah. but yeah. it's not it it doesn't focus primarily on the battlefield. It's not a George yeah. Washington thing. Yeah. It really focuses largely on the worldview, mm. uh the great awakening that's that sort of united Mm -hmm. those colonies and and then a whole lot of peculiar stories that most people don't know. For instance, the 15 presidential administrations prior to George Washington, Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. under the articles of confederation. Before the coup. Uh, That's right. (laughs) And, um, 
And the other colonies that existed, for instance, the independent Republic of Vermont uh, fought side by side with the other colonies. And Ethan Allen and his Green Mountain Boys, uh, they, they were the military arm for President Thomas Crittenden. Of the Republic of Vermont, is, is this so, is this more like narrative form or story story form or a history form? You know, it's it's it, it is history, yeah. but I try and tell the stories in oh, a lively, man. popular fashion. I'm signing up. Yeah, uh, you giving this away for free? Yes. Well, you have to pay for shipping. Okay, but yeah, where at? Uh, GeorgeGrant.net. Wait, wait, who's your who's who's your marketing department? Who set this? <laughs> That's such a. It sounds like a great book. Well, so, so the whole idea is to uh, to let people know after they get the book that they can also get a series of lectures, uh, fifty lectures, where I kind of walk through the material wow, in a 50. more in depth way, and we're selling that. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, so I'm signed up He's right smart. now. Go ahead. Yep. I, I'm gonna just GeorgeGrant.net, <laughs> yep. an experiment George in Grant. liberty. And um and and you can and I assume you're probably when you're teaching in, in those lectures you're wearing all your cross politics swag. Oh, I have no cross politics <laughs> swag, although I have been promised cross politics swag. What and New St Andrews swag? I, I got, I got and it coming right Cannon here. Hey. Swag. So our club members already for have access years, to this for so years. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make this right right here and right now. This is this I, is my fault. You can. <laughs> You can um, compensate, but I don't know that you can make it right. Uh, oh, oh, no, mean, that's t- social justice talk has. right there, man. Come on. He needs reparations. He needs reparations. I need reparations. <laughs> so, Me too. So here you go, George. Me this too. Is, this is our world. <laughs> stop. Oh, stop. All right, so here's our worldview series. Our club members already get access to that. Uh, so, that so there's one thing. And then we got a uh, cross-politic magnet. This is this is like, like bumper. exclusive. Oh, bumper this is, so it's supposed oh. to look like that magnet. We promise stick. you that's going to get your Just, car keyed. Yep. We promise. Oh. <laughs> that's our guarantee with our bumper and, stickers. And wow. then our, our, uh, this is our in-studio cross-politic shirt. Yeah, yeah. Um, hang on here. Let me get this. Woo, Gina. Wow. That's there we nice go. That's right there. Oh, that's okay. great. There okay. you go. There you awesome. go. That's, that's awesome. your size, I'm pretty sure. And then He's I got, trying. He's I got trying. A, I got a new St. Andrews shirt for your wife. Oh, good. Okay, there we go. Good. And then I got a new St. Andrews pen. It's even in Tennessee orange. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Texas, Texas orange. Come on. George. Well, no, that's, that's not Texas orange. Man, that's Texas a long orange. That's a long is a lot of little Texas fight broke out. Oh, man. <laughs> new St. Andrews pennant, which, by the way, um, March 1st party application deadline. And, then, <laughs> I did and, and you know what? That. I know this because you had me send out an email I and I sent out the email you immediately. It. Thank yeah. you. George. But, you. But you didn't get the swag immediately. I did not. I had to brave the Idaho snow oh. <laughs> to get, to the get swag. two short sleeve t shirts. That's actually why you're here. I <laughs> came right. all this way. And then lastly, Dr. Gordon Wilson, my brother Nate, oh, Gorilla yeah. Poets, uh, they have uh, Right in the Dance. Uh, Dr. Gordon Wilson is a mm. fellow of natural science at New St. Andrews College. And so you actually get the DVD copy. Well, you can stream this live. The that's, Betamax that's, version. That's, blue, that's <laughs> yeah. Blu-ray. Blu-ray. Is that Blu-ray? That's good. Blu-ray and DVD. Blu-ray. I mean, it should play both, I think. Yeah. Are, anybody yeah. else you want to give a sponsorship for before we move on? Um, <laughs> no, uh, I was I was making right some things. Mm. Oh, you know? <laughs> thank you. Thank okay, you. Okay, so thank so you for I was doing reparations like justice. Anthony Bradley would want me to do. Okay, real quick. We talked about the end of the last segment. I tried Katrina Jackson. <laughs> We talk later. Uh, we talk <laughs> Katrina Jackson from Louisiana. Yeah. She's a Democrat. She's pro-life. Yeah. 
is it, right now it's so hard to find them. You know, it's right. like finding a black person in Alaska. It's really not that many. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so she's a, she's kind of the same way. Is that somebody you would consider voting for at this point? Absolutely. Really? Yeah. Which is astonishing, uh, considering the platform of the Democratic the state Party, of the Democratic Party, the the radicalization of the Democratic Party, Virginia, New York. <laughs> but there yeah. are a handful of really remarkable people that are still hanging on. Hmm. Uh, I can remember uh, b- back when Bill Clinton first ran for president. One of the guys that he was running against in the Democratic Party was Bob Casey of Pennsylvania. Hmm. Uh, the father of the current uh, Bob Casey of Pennsylvania. Okay. And he was incredibly principled, pro-life. He was a conservative in terms of economics. Mm. Uh, what made him a Democrat was his ties to the labor movement. Hmm. Uh, but, unions and so forth. Yeah. yeah. But even his, even his approach to the unions was principled. Huh. And um, that part of the reason that I was... Uh, at the Democratic National Convention that year was I was helping him with his campaign. Wow. Interesting. So I would. Yeah. Uh, I look for the best possible candidate. And if a candidate is principal, I'm not going to agree with every single thing that any candidate right. uh, stands for. There's just some things they can't get wrong. Some things that they just can't get wrong. Yeah. So in in this case... I would definitely. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Now, now, would you Would you largely, let's say if someone came to you and said, hey, I'm pro-life, I'm thinking about running as a Democrat, yada, yada, yada. Uh, how would you counsel them even to make that decision? Well, first of all, I, w- I would say count the cost. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm grateful for a pro-life Democrats, but my, my thought is, well, you know. Yeah, why? Yeah. yeah. Well, on, it, the, on the sexual issues. Um, well, wh- why economic p- issues all yeah. the way, all the way why down. Why play piano in the brothel even if they let you play Amazing Grace? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm for the freedom of slaves, but I joined the KKK. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, really helping. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. right. So, so there are a lot of questions there. Yeah. But in a place like Louisiana, uh, in South Texas, uh, in New Mexico, you're going to find yeah. some principled. Sure lifelong generational mm. long democrats yeah, we've we've noticed even around here sometimes locally uh, it, there's a difference there's a difference there sometimes well, you remember the governor we uh, the, the candidate running for governor well, on we the had show? a pro life democrat that Peter, we had Peter on the Deal. show that was running for right? governor Peter Deal right uh, uh, yeah, that's yeah, right Peter uh, Deal that's right yeah. and um but even even more locally i've i've said i i've i think the one democrat i voted for before here locally was a local uh, circuit judge yeah, and he has a very good reputation for being a principled man, and um and and the thing is, is if you know somebody too, you can have a personal relationship exactly. with them, and you can hold them accountable. And and I'm not saying you know don't do it thoughtlessly, don't do it um, casually, but um but he had longstanding reputation of being a just and fair man. Okay, so question: So Ad Robles, who's on our network, he's on our network, and he released a show this week. I think it was on is Wednesday. Did drop Thursday? No, he does Thursday. He Thursday. drops on Thursday. You guys got to check it out. But he on the show basically went on a twenty minute uh, rant, more or less, um, basically uh, drawing out the argument that to vote Democrat is a sin. He said, mm-hmm. it, "It it hasn't been any more obvious in in the history of America." He anchored it in that- voting for the party that is pushing the death of little children. Yeah. Right, right. And, and, and he said, oh, "I'll explain this one more thing, then then let you guys go with it." Um, and he said. If if it came down to voting for a racist or voting for 
someone who votes to kill babies, voting for a racist or voting for someone who's pro-choice, I would vote for the racist every time because it's, it's the, um, you can't equivocate those sins. Now, now racism leads to murder. Right. 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 But But it's not the same thing. But it's not the same thing. No. And so every time, so, um, is voting Democrat a sin? I would say no, although I I take that point and I understand exactly where he's coming from. And believe me, I have not voted for a Democrat since the 80s. And then it was just one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I sympathize with, with the idea. But here's the problem. How can we say that we can vote for any Republican? In this day and time, mm-hmm. the corruption, the wickedness, mm-hmm. the tomfoolery in the Republican Party, the betrayal. Yeah. I mean, we just talked about the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are, are, are we really right. <clears throat> going to elevate the Republican Party to some, uh, you know, right. not, sterling biblical yeah. standard? Not, yeah. not, no. too long, not too long ago on the show, we talked about the fact that there was a poll done among Democrats and Republicans about taxation of the rich. And Democrats, it was like 70 some odd percent voted, you know, polled, said uh, they were in favor of 70 percent taxation rate for the rich. Right. And 54 percent of Republicans were also for it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. so over half Republicans are totally in favor of robbing people. Right. So what we've got to do is we've got to exercise discernment and look for yeah. godly, wise yeah, yeah. people. Yeah. Not, not not looking at the label. It, it certainly I, so. But here's another thing. Let me push back on that. Hold on, real quick. There's a lot of social justice um, warriors. The notable ones are tweeting out saying, "I I'm not. I I don't vote Republican. I don't vote Democrat. God's not a Democrat. God's not a Republican. Right. God's And they do it in such a way where it's like they're actually probably voting Democrat on the polls when they when they go exactly. there. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Exactly. And I was going to say. I mean, I, I'd be willing to say. Um, uh, Pastor Wilson sometimes does this with certain issues where it'd be like. Uh, is is voting Democrat in every single situation a sin? No, but it is for you, right? <laughs> yeah, it probably yeah. is for you. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it's the kind of thing where it's like, why why are you pushing that? Why do you want that? Yeah, it, are there some exceptional situations? Sure, yeah. but it probably is for you. It certainly can be a sin to vote for Democrats. Absolutely, just as it can be a sin to vote for certain Republicans. It depends on yeah what you're voting for. I yeah. think, and I would say probably in the state of New York and in the state of Virginia yeah. right <laughs> now, oh, voting for any. Democrat wow. yeah. is a sin. Wow. I just feel like sometimes with Republicans, and this isn't the case all the time, but in a lot of ways, I feel like somewhat with church discipline, I can pull them by their baptism. You know, and for the Republicans, I can pull them by their conservatism like, in like, some ways. They at least right. claim they, to be conservative, right, right? And when they don't act conservative, you can say, what, "With the Democrats, they told me they don't like kids; they want to kill them. They've already right. told me they've given up yeah. God in their platform. They've so codified homosexual I don't marriage have anything. In their platform. To, I don't have yeah. anything to pull yeah. them by with yeah. at least a conservative. I feel like I can pull them by something, right? And so that's what kind of I, I see with uh, Katrina Jackson. It feels like when she's talking about being a Christian and being for life, if she's there, I I want to see her the rest of her platform. And see, okay, do I have handles anywhere else? Because I feel like I got a handle here. On the pro-life right. thing. Right, on the pro-life That's issue. Helpful. And my guess is she's not long for this world in the Democratic Party. <laughs> right. right. Because, just because the Democrats don't want I was going to say, they her. don't want her. They That's don't want right. her. That's it's kind of right. like the PCA doesn't want you anymore. Welcome to Cross Politics. Oh. Oh, oh man! Oh, oh, that was that's brutal. Gabe. Let's go to the next segment. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he just, he just like, let's just go to the just next. Well, in that case, I'm not even gonna read Anthony Bradley's tweet. 
Yeah, we can do that coming back in. Come back All right. Hey, if you want to have a headache, come back on the next segment so you can hear some Anthony Bradley. Get your aspirin and your Tylenol and a masseuse. It's gonna hurt. This one hurts. This one hurts. When we come back on Cross Politic on the Fight Laugh Feast Network. He just said, I'm just gonna drop that bomb and walk away. Like the PCA. Back into the crowd. Don't do that. That's a gaybism. Classical Conversations supports homeschooling parents by cultivating the love of learning through a Christian worldview in fellowship with other families. We provide a classical, Christ-centered curriculum, local, like-minded communities across the United States and in several countries, and we train parents who are striving to be great classical educators in the home. For more information and to get connected, please visit our website at classicalconversations.com. Classical. Christian. Get connected. Get community. Things are changing in the culture and in the church. Issues of race and justice have polarized many of us. And we're left wondering at least these two questions. How did we get here? And why is God allowing this to happen? Well, the answer can be found on a project called The Appendix by Pastor Kirk Kennedy. This is an album and documentary. The Appendix can be found at the iTunes Store, Amazon, and WrathandGrace.com. Welcome back to Cross Politic on the Fight Laugh Feast Network. If you haven't already liked and shared the show, what's wrong with you? Please uh, tag your friends, tag your enemies. Your aspirin, Advil. Get your Advil. Mm. All right, black people. In America, have relied on God's word to help them. To help them, <laughs> white people. Someone's been messing with my notes. I just don't like the way that you're so hard keep, on black people. Keep going. What you mean All right. By when that? you're white and in the dominant culture, you never needed the Old Testament covenant-keeping, redemptive God. Yours became a Christianity of moralism, and your kids walked away. Anthony Bradley. Twitter. Wow. Twitter. Hang wow. on. Not done yet. This is simple. Another Bradley tweet. Black people in America have relied on God's word to help them survive white people. When you're white and in a dominant culture, you've never needed the Old Testament covenant-keeping redemptive God. Yours became a Christian. Okay, that was the rest of the, the tweet that I had missed okay. and everything. So he's, he's saying that white people don't understand the Old Testament covenant-keeping God because you've always had it easy all your life. Dr. Grant? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, I know Anthony and... Um, mm. This is not out of character for Anthony. Mm -hmm. uh, this is sort of his worldview and has been for a really long time. Yeah. And uh, he's a professor at King's College. He's a professor Still? at King's College. He was at Covenant Theological Seminary. He was. Okay. And um, he's got a wide following. He's yeah. really bright. Yeah. And uh, he's good at what he does, sadly. Mm. Mm. What what is it? What is he doing? So what is he doing here? It's wokeness. It's uh, social justice. It's um, it, it, he's. I, mean, I, I want to be careful about throwing words around. I want to yeah. be really careful, but I can't help but read this and say I think this is racist. He, he is identifying by by the technical. You know, definition I'm not of saying, racism. I'm not saying he Absolutely. hates. I'm not saying he hates white people, or right. I'm not saying that, or that he lives in a prejudiced way. But but I'm saying 
he's identifying people by the color of their skin and and presuming to know what it, what their experience is. Yeah, it's it's presuppositional social justice mm. theology. Mm. So when it's presuppositional, you don't have to examine it. It's so foundational mm. that everything is built from this foundation. Yeah. So it's unexamined presuppositions yeah. for him. Yeah. Can you read the tweet for me again? Yep. Black people in America have relied on God's word to help them survive white people. You want me to stop there? Keep going. Um, okay. When you're white in a dominant culture, you've never needed the Old Testament covenant-keeping redemptive God. Yours became a Christianity of moralism, and your kids walked away. Okay. So, I, I, you know, there's such a mixture yeah. of truth yeah. well, that, and that, error there that right. it's the perfect satanic barb the problem is 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 white people's kids are walking away from the faith and black people's kids are walking away from the faith and and no one's doing majority evangelicalism is moralism yeah Uh, it is phariseeism it's list making legalistic nonsense okay but i have to actually agree with you on this if if they're surviving white people by killing half of their kind off right yeah. I mean, that's not the kind of survival They're not surviving. that's victorious. Yeah. Well, so he's, he's from New York who killed more babies due to abortion in New York than were born I in 2014. I don't understand how you can make this statement yeah. when we have the majority of our people killing off each other because of the believing. Now, if you want to talk about it in the sense of Margaret Sanger surviving them, they're not surviving them. No. No, not yeah. in that way. Yeah. I just, that's just, again, I, you couldn't say this the other way around to be right, but I, I, I really wish I could understand what he's trying to get at because... He's for somebody who you say is intelligent as he is. I don't know how you make this statement. Well, what he's trying to do is be provocative. He's, right, he's trying success. To, he's yeah. trying to whack the hornet's nest. Yeah. He, he deleted me on Twitter two years ago. I can't see any of his tweets. So he likes to be provocative to the people that he don't argue that, with. Them. That he wants yeah, to be provocative. That he won't argue with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, talk a little bit about. So, what do you mean by this is woke theology or this is social justice? The, what do, what does that mean? Well, woke is just a popular term for incredibly cool, uh, malignantly cool. Yeah, and and isn't it particularly like black cool, like black culture cool? Well, the the term comes from rap, uh, but uh, people who are woke are largely wannabe white sort of hipsters. Yes. Yeah. Did you guys okay. see the Saturday Night Live commercial about woke jeans? No. Yeah, that was no. funny. A few years ago, that was funny. Oh my yeah. gracious! It's yeah. it's hilarious. They're they're uh, they're gender fluid and like and they're this ugly bag of denim. Yeah, and it, it's oh it's it's hilarious. Google it. It's on YouTube. Well, it's I, hilarious. I think it's important when we're talking about like social justice, particularly yeah. um, that. Um, there is a, I think, a working definition that's still very problematic. Now, it's got roots into Mar- Marxism, and then the Catholics kind of co-opted it back in the 1880s, and then now the the terminology is where where it's at. So, oh, my Advil's kicking in. Thank you, Jesus. So, <laughs> so it, it started All off right. in Marxist terminology, and and it very but much stolen, has a lot of that baggage there. Stolen from Christianity. Right. I mean, Marx steals the Shh. notion of justice. Sure, is there a pun but, in there? From- <laughs> There's biblical justice. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Absolutely. So I, I would uh, to define it. I would say it's it's a, it's a series of systematic 
problems, systematic injustices. It's kind of um, uh, nailed into systematic problems, which means you can't identify who's at fault. And it's the system that's the problem. Right. It's right. thoroughly materialistic, yep. and so this is why it has to do with race, it has to do with gender, it has to do with economic status, what you have or what you don't have. Mm-hmm. Everybody is ultimately boiled down to these materialistic things, and mm-hmm. then you're you're categorized by them, and, right. and this modern uh, notion of intersectionality sort of flips uh, it on its head with all those who ha- have not, in various ways, have not power, have not money, have not influence, yeah. and the more intersections of victimhood that you have the more points on the scale the, the more you, tipped you, you towards are you you deserve a voice or you mm-hmm. deserve to be mm-hmm. empowered when you hear the word empower i mean they're drawing off of this ideology which is why the new green deal ocasio cortez yes yes, yes. is all about intersectionality it's really not about the environment <laughs> it really is all about this wow. sort of yeah a neo-Marxist worldview. Yeah. The, the thing about all this... And empowering yes. the powers and the principalities. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, the thing about all this is um, we've got that problem in the justice, social justice world, but the, the church keeps taking its cues from the world. Mm-hmm. And we believe here at CrossPolitik, and I know you believe this too, Dr. Grant, that um, the center of the world is actually Christian worship. We are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. And as the church goes, the world's actually following. Yes. And so as we keep doing this follow after the world, trying to be as cool as the world, we're actually teaching the world that we don't have a God worth believing in. Yeah, blaspheming God. And so when we blaspheme God. It's the snakes swallowing its tail. That's right. When we blaspheme God in the the worship service in church. Mm We are teaching mm. the world it's okay to do that. Right. And, and so one of the things we wanted to and talk to And when we pray, thy kingdom yeah. come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yes. And don't believe it's possible. Right. Two kingdom. The, the world <laughs> at that point takes us at our word yeah. and they don't yeah. believe it either. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, so, we, so what we want to talk to you a little bit about here, close the this, this, this show out. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's hard to close when we just keep going. But but what we want to close out with is talking about worship with you and and asking you, you're a pastor, you're a teacher, you're a theologian. Again, you've you've seen the church over a number of years. Um, Talk to us just for a minute about what um, how does worship shape culture? How does how does and how have you seen the church do well at that in terms of worship? And how have you seen the church fail at that? Great worship is always. um responsive okay so it's it, it engages a dialogue between the the people that are assembled together and the lord god on high mm-hmm. it, it must be dialogical yeah. the so, people that are gathered are actually there to worship they're not there to just to spectate exactly so mm-hmm. when worship becomes a show a lecture a rock concert mm-hmm. a, a series of video clips a drama presentation whatever yeah. it's it's no longer worship right so what, what, what we've done is we've nullified uh, for the sake of popularity or fashion or whatever else that we've nullified our primary purpose for gathering in the first place. It's really ironic that it's Protestantism good. broke away from Roman Catholicism in part because everything that was important was happening up front. And the people would go to church, go to mass to watch, to watch. They wouldn't even take communion. 
They didn't know the language. They'd watch the priest. They would watch the priest up front saying a bunch of Latin stuff and then break the bread and take communion and they leave. Which feeds all of that feeds superstition. Exactly. Because if you don't know what's going on and you can't do it yourself and you're not engaged in it, then it's superstition. So So when we gather for the smoke and the mirrors and the light show (laughs) and uh, it's... Feeds our superstition that if yeah, we go, that's really good. We're exempt from it's, Jeremiah's cry in Jeremiah seven, which says, "Do not be deceived by these deceptive words." The mm-hmm. temple, the temple, the temple. We are safe because we are in the temple. Yeah. Right. Wow. I, I went so to church. A- I went to church. I went to church. Yep. Right. I saw the praise band. I saw the praise band, and I, I loved it. It was great. Yeah. I'm safe. Are you trying to say I, something? I want to, yeah, I, I want to anchor this into some modern examples. Okay, all right, here we go. So recently, this last Christmas, a lot of churches are doing this, but we're going to pick on JD Greer because we're on a, we're going after him a little bit. Uh, and his Sunday this, after Christmas, Sunday they after Christmas, canceled church. Yeah, they well, but their Christmas service before that. Listen to this. So a bunch of dancers uh, opening. I want to play. This is this is the one you got. I, I just love the good Reverend Doctor's face right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's stunned. Listen to this one. Maroon 5 was almost that good at the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, burn. Well, and you know, just so you know, no praise service is any good without a song from Beyonce. <laughs> Man, look at, look at Dr. Grant's face. No, no. <laughs> not, not a worship service. No, no, not a dialogue. Well, why not? Uh, well, first of all, the real worship is reading God's word, praying God's word, singing God's word. Um, it's all of it. It, it yes. Yeah. And so the the whole point is to cause us to fix our eyes on Him. It's a command performance of of us yeah. together for him, to yeah. him, right. through him. Yeah. Who's being worshipped there? Man, I guess the man. designer of the light show. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I thought you were just but, saying man. Yeah, but I mean, but doesn't man, God's man, love man, make, man? Yeah, doesn't God's love make you look so crazy though? I mean, to the rest of the world. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, let it go is is an anthem of humanism, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, th- there is nothing wrong necessarily with the songs that they sang, sanitized and and sort of 
washed in Christianese in and of themselves. But you don't sing I heard it through the grapevine at communion services. Uh, <laughs> you, uh, mm, yeah. you, you don't trivialize this sacred moment where man is brought into the presence of the most high God right. but with all of the accoutrements of our cool culture. Yeah, what is that training people to think of God? Exactly. What we've got to do is we've got to be able to stand next to our children and be able to fix our attentions on God. You know, a five-year-old is going to look at this and be loud, thinking, man, I want to play keyboards one day. I want to play drums one day. Rather rather than teaching the fear of God, the fear of the Lord, reverence, um, that, that this is weighty and heavy. I mean, this and is purposeful. This, and pr- yes. the, the, the other thing is, worship is is a movement. Yeah, uh, we we see this in the Book of Revelation. You you actually start somewhere and end somewhere. Yeah, and the process is a series of strategic steps, right. and they're fearful and glorious right. and, and joyous. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but but we don't even know what a deep. I mean, I think it's uh, you probably know what's what's C.S. Lewis say about uh, uh slump. Uh, what's that word he uses? Uh, Salimna? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you're a walking encyclopedia, so that's why I'm pointing at you. But you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. What yeah. does he say? I, I don't remember the quote, yeah. but but it's, it's, it's in a section where C.S. Lewis is complaining about how bad the poetry of most hymns are. Yeah. And mm. you know, the, the argument is that essentially what we do is we dumb down the glory right. in order for us— to, to somehow make it accessible. Right. And, and so this, this reminds me, of, you know, when, when Margaret Sanger started Planned Parenthood, uh, one of her plays was actually go and meet with black pastors to be able to get her organization into the, into the communities. Right. And, and very similar to what's going on with worship is um, we're looking at the world and how to create songs and how to, what lyrics we should be writing. And we bring that into the church. And yeah. then that's why the church is so easily taken in by the world that, is through worship. That's exactly what I wanted to point out yeah. is that we have, mm-hmm. we're compromised at so many places around every flank is compromised. Right. So we're compromised on woke. We're compromised on sexual perversion and confusion. Mm-hmm. So, but we're also compromised in worship. Yeah. And, yeah. and I would say because in, that feeds in, all, all of exactly. all of the and rest in some, of it. And in right. some ways, the thing that I want our people to understand is that's actually the worst compromise of them all in yeah. some yeah. sense. Yeah. Right. We're because, called to be peculiar, set apart yeah. people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, if we're not going to have distinction from the world when it comes to sexuality, when it comes to politics, when it comes to abortion right we can't expect that we're going to have distinction from the world when it comes to worship right. it will be right. worldly and it will yeah. be entertainment worship is formative and so yes, that's sir. why it's so important psalm 115 says that you become like what you worship right. uh if, if those who worship idols become deaf dumb and blind like mm-hmm. the idols they worship right. mm-hmm. those who worship the living god in spirit and in truth, in obedience to the word, not making it up as you go along, not doing whatever MTV or the Super Bowl is doing, yeah, but yeah. doing it in obedience, simple obedience, offering up excellence to God, um, you become like the living God. But if you aren't, if you're bringing Baals and Asherah mm, from the Canaanites yeah. into the worship service, yeah. 
um, you can't help but be deformed by it. And then you find that you don't see clearly. You don't hear clearly. Right. You well, can't and act you, with justice you got, in the world. You got to cap the bulls that worship bulls of Bashan, you know? What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that I don't means. Know what that means. <laughs> I do want to say this, though. I do want to say that if I can control your battle music, then I can get you to lose the war. Oh, man. Oh, that's good. Yeah. If I can. Con- mm-hmm. And what people mm-hmm. have forgotten worship about worship, is- it's warfare, it's your yes. battle music. What? Okay, and, and we're and, battling first our own heart. Yeah, that's absolutely, right. and Man. that's right. And here's the thing too: if your music, this when your music goes soft, guess what your fight looks like? It looks like a pillow fight. It's soft, <laughs> right? An yeah. effeminate pillow fight. When your yeah. music is hard, yeah. you know, if you look at it, when these guys go out to, to for battle, yeah. they're trying to get hard. They're trying to get tough because they know they got to do damage. Right, and we can't do damage with no Beyonce. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, that's right. He, Dr. Grant was talking about the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is a worship service. It is a worship and service. It's or- a warfare worship and that's service. the thing is, I was going to say, yeah. not only is there an order there, yeah. which, mm-hmm. which Christians should study. Christians have studied the book of Revelation for mm-hmm. centuries to see, because it's a, it's a picture John sees of worship happening in heaven. That's right. right. But, but the cool thing is, is that it's also demonstrating the potency of biblical worship, because what happens wow. is, as the people worship God in heaven as the incense is offered, the prayers of the people, as the as the elders fall down in worship, as all the instruments are played, judgments are poured down on the earth. Yeah. And we have to understand that it's not just shouts and roars. That's right. It's full of incredible poetry. Absolutely. Uh, and yeah. glorious, joyous praise. We have the book of Psalms, it's, right? It's, uh, it's the incredible. Entire, the entire spectrum of, of the human emotions is found right in the there. book of Psalms. In the book of Psalms, are the war songs of the people of God. Which, bringing full circle, yes, we really got into the mess that we're in in worship because we stopped singing the Psalms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, Amen. Amen. Okay, Amen. Before, before we go, I, I, I just have, I want to give you the last word, but I want to give it to you like this. You were friends with R.C. Sproul, who recently, who passed, I guess, last year. Yeah. Last year. year or so. Yeah. And, and, and so you were friends with him. You know, right now, if he was here, how would he be looking at the woke movement, the oh. social justice movement? Hmm. How, how, would, how would you see him addressing this right now? But like he always did. He was bold. He was passionate. He was clear. He was funny. Mm. Mm. Uh, and he was joyous. Mm. He could fight, d- laugh, and feast. Is that what you're saying? I- <laughs> yeah. Join the club. <laughs> yeah, doc, Dr. Sproul was one of the great champions. Uh, and um, uh, yeah, I I feel the weight of his loss, and yet he's left us such an incredible legacy. Yeah. And he's he he issued us a, a, a sterling uh, rebuke to the culture, and he has uh, left us with a great call to move forward, yeah. given us the tools to do it, and now he's ready to see us charge. Yeah. Mm. Wow, Doctor Grant, it was. I'm glad you were here, yeah, man. man. Yeah. I really enjoyed you. Um, you've it's been a blessing me for you. you guys your cross-politics swag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And if you hey. need your cross-politics swag, you need to go to crosspolitics.com. Sign up to be a Fight, Laugh, Feast, Fight, Laugh, Feast Club Feast. member. Feast. <laughs> oh, that Advil kicked in a little too much. <laughs> if you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Mm-hmm. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics.